We move to today's spotlight, and on this Tuesday morning, we have on our calendar Adam Austin. Adam uh, is well known to our listening audience. He is an ag extension uh, age, age, uh, educator with the University of Minnesota Ag Service and University of Minnesota Extension. And Adam, good morning to you. Welcome. Good morning, Tim. Uh, you have a special guest on your end here today, too. Yes, we have uh, Kylie Sherrod here, who is the intern for us here at Ray County Extension for the summer. Kylie, if you want to say hi. Hello. And welcome, Kylie. Nice to have you uh, as a part of our program here. Um, maybe, Adam, we can just uh, start with a little uh, introduction of Kylie and talk with her for a bit. Yeah, I'll, I'll uh, let Kylie do that herself. Okay, so my name is Kylie Sherrod. I'm originally from Howard Lake, Minnesota, and I graduated from the Howard Lake Waverly Winstead High School in 2018. Um, I was really involved in FFA, which led me to go to school for agriculture. Um, I'm currently going to Iowa State University studying agriculture communications and global resource systems, and I will be a senior in the fall. Great, and so now you're back uh, kind of in your old stomping grounds here for the summer. Yes, so I'm a half an hour drive from home. Um, I wasn't really involved in 4-H in high school, um, so getting into a little bit of extension here, doing the agriculture education side of things, and I'm also being able to work with the 4-H too, so it's a big learning experience for me. Fantastic. And uh, which college are you at, did you say? Um, I go to Iowa State University. Iowa State, okay. Uh, and that's located where? In Ames, Iowa. In so Ames. So it's about 30 to 45 minutes above Des Moines. Mm-hmm. Okay. And you've had good experience down there so far? Yes. You know, with COVID, it's been a little bit tricky, but my first two years were pretty much COVID-free, and I was able to do a lot of different things. I joined the National Agri-Marketing Association, um, I joined Sigma Alpha, which is an agricultural sorority, and then some other little clubs here and there, like the International Agriculture Club. Um, one of my favorite things that I've been able to do so far is um, go on traveling experiences. So I went to the Netherlands and Uganda, and I also was able to go to Costa Rica through my college just to learn about um, global agriculture. Wow. Amazing trips. That must have been uh, quite an experience, all of those. Definitely. It's very interesting just to see how life is different in each area of the world and how agriculture is even different there as well. Have you got any uh, sights on what you'd like to do occupation-wise once you're done? Well, I'm hoping this summer will give me a little bit more insight on that. Um, I definitely like the agriculture education side of things, which is what extension is able to do as well. So just being able to communicate agriculture with the community is kind of what I'm interested in right now. Good. Well, we wish you the best of success. And uh, Adam Kylie is going to help you out uh, through the rest of the summer with uh, various tasks and projects and things? Yep, I've got Kylie plenty busy with a whole bunch of projects. So uh, I, she doesn't sit around bored too often. <laughs> nope. Don't let him work you too hard now, Kylie. All right. I'll keep that in mind. <laughs> Well, good. Well, we'll come back to you and talk uh, a little bit more here as the program goes on. Uh, Adam, let's uh, turn focus uh, to the obvious thing about uh, the weather. And, um, you know, certainly we got off to uh, kind of a 
a little bit of a wet start, maybe a little bit of a late plant, but then things uh, got in the ground and we had some timely rains and then everything just shut off. Yep, yep, you pretty much summed it up there. It's Right now it's just hot and dry, and every day that it, that it stays hot and dry, it's just a little bit harder on our crops. So, um, you know, there have been spotty showers and storms that have come through with the heat, um, and, and, you know, so some farmers are feeling a little bit better than others, but, you know, there's there's some fields out there that are really, really struggling right now, and, you know, if we go, you know, another week without rain, um, things are going to be looking pretty brutal, I think, in some areas. So we're keeping our fingers crossed for Thursday, and then it looks like this weekend they have a little bit of a chance of rain, too. Yeah, and, you know, just a, a little passing shower really isn't, I mean, anything is helpful, I guess, to a point, but uh, we... We need something that's going to be a pretty good soaker. Yeah, I mean, it's it's hard to be picky at this point. We'll take absolutely anything we can get, but you're right. We need one of those all-day nice soakers that leave us with an inch or two or three even probably we could handle at this point uh, because things are just, they're just dry. And, um, you know, some of our fields still got some subsoil moisture there. Uh, as of last Friday, Kylie and I were out in a field where uh, towards the low spot, you only had to go down three, four inches in this cornfield to find moisture. Uh, but up on the hill, we are going down five, six inches. And at this point, you know, uh, four days later or whatever it is, um, you know, that's obviously moved down even further. So we'll take it whenever we can get it, however we can get it. But it's going to take more than just a quick downpour of an inch to really let that settle into the soil where we need it. And update us, um, I think... It's fairly widely known that, um, with the exception maybe of some of the northern parts of Wright County, not too many growers in our area are equipped with uh, any kind of uh, irrigation-type systems either. Yeah, there is some scattered, especially through the northern part of the county. The lakes area by Annandale and up towards the Mississippi River is where you get some bigger sandy pockets and you see some irrigation. Uh, But even in those really sandy areas, a lot of times where they have those, they're spending so much money irrigating fields right now, and it's hard to keep up when you have those really sandy fields anyways. So um, I think they, they'll be just as happy to get the rain as anybody else. But, uh, yeah, really not a ton of irrigation in the county, but uh, definitely probably saving some fields right now. Maybe you can take a minute or two and kind of explain uh, to everyone, including those that uh, maybe are not growers that uh, can kind of help everybody to better understand what happens to, I think everybody knows that, you know, everything gets kind of stunted when, um, you know, we don't have adequate rainfall, but what really happens to the plants and, and what are they uh, experiencing right now? Yeah, and it's kind of a crop-by-crop basis. You know, everything handles it differently, and of course, even with all the genetics we have these days, one corn variety might act completely different in a drought situation than another corn variety, for example, uh, but You know, corn, you'll really, if you drive around in the afternoons, you'll notice, kind of get, I want to say it's more of an olive green shade to the the corn. I'm not great with my colors, uh, but the the shade of the corn will kind of change, and you'll kind of see those leaves point to the sky. So that's that's your sign of heat and drought stress right there in corn. Uh, But it is kind of a, you know, corn comes from the southwestern U.S., Mexico kind of geographical region. So... It's used to handling a little bit of drought, so we have seen some growth yet in the last week or so, but at the same time, it's stressed and it needs water whenever it can get it. So uh, 
little bit further along with most of our corn too, so it's had, it has a little bit more of a root system to reach down into where we might still have some moisture hanging out deeper in the soil. Uh, but, you know, so corn, we're, we're sitting a little bit better than some of our other crops. Beans at this point, you'll see them curl up too. The leaves will kind of curl up in the afternoons when it gets hot. Uh, but they, they're kind of just at a pause point here where they're not going to grow much. They probably don't have quite enough of a root system to be getting much moisture from down low at this point. Uh, so with the beans, we're we're not in uh, we're not desperate yet, but you know, pretty soon here, um, eventually a pause just turns into debt. So it's either gonna it's just gonna kind of sit there until it gets the water to start growing again. Uh, you know, even wheat, which is a crop that. You know, they like it so much in western Dakotas and places like that where they don't get as much rain because it can handle the dryness. But Kylie and I were just in a wheat field yesterday afternoon, and the bottoms of those plants are starting to really dry up. They're, you know, the wheat plant will actually kind of just kill off some of its bottom leaves uh, to really focus on putting its energy and its moisture more so at this point up into the head of the plant and the, and the grain that it's trying to develop. So... Even our wheat's showing some signs of stress, which is when you know that, you know, things are dry. And our alfalfa regrowth, too, if you've, if you've driven by an alfalfa field, you've probably noticed that there really hasn't been any regrowth at all since that first cutting. So that stuff needs to needs some water, too, in, in order to keep us on track to get maybe get a third or a, a fourth crop a lot of farmers really hope for uh, this summer. So a lot of things we're looking at right now and, you know, that's, that's just, uh, that's kind of what it is right now. It is hot and dry, and we could use less heat for a little bit and a lot more moisture. It's been uh, kind of a, an unusual sort of spring. Uh, we did have kind of some some wet periods of time there, you know, that, as I mentioned in the beginning of the program, that actually delayed the crop getting in at all. And then uh, it was kind of wet in mid-May, uh, and then sort of started this drying trend, and uh, even some of the rains that we did get in late May were kind of spotty. So I would think that, boy, you know, some parts of Wright County may be even drier than others because they missed out on a few of those uh, shots of rain that uh, that other places were lucky enough to get. Yeah, you're definitely right. It's it's not consistent across the whole county right now uh, whatsoever. There's some spots that definitely have been missed and some spots that are looking... Uh, you can just tell that they must have gotten an extra shower here and there just by the way they look. So um, you're right there. Things were looking pretty good for us this spring. Uh, had had enough time to get a lot of our field work done and the crops in the ground, and then it just dried up. So um, at this point, I, you know, we have our weekly crops calls with our within extension, and there's some people starting to uh, kind of kind of uh, relate this to 1988, which is everybody's big drought year. So hopefully hopefully it doesn't turn into that. Hopefully we get some rain here soon. But uh, the way things are looking, uh, people are starting to look at some of those some of those years to really kind of get a feel for how crops might work out this year for us. Yeah. Well, all we can do is uh, hope and pray for the best here, and uh, hopefully it'll... It'll break. It's kind of interesting, like uh, today, for instance, and uh, even yesterday to an extent. Uh, Temperature-wise, we're back down to about normal now and and uh, really would be, you know, pretty prime growing weather if there were enough uh, rain days mixed in. But last week, uh, you know, that uh, I think it was 
nine, maybe even ten days in a row of 90 in June. That is unheard of, really. Yeah, yeah, and so that's really not super helpful for us when it gets that hot. Uh, corn doesn't do much growing after about 86 degrees, but, um, you know, we, we're we doing okay, I guess, with some of that stuff uh, now at this point. The heat's looking a little bit better. I think we might have one hot day coming yet. Um, but the, the temperature is where we need it now. Now we just need to add the water to it so that, you know, these plants can utilize all that energy from the sun and the heat and uh, actually grow. Talk a little bit about pricing because... Um, I don't know, this almost, to me, almost seems kind of that it's uh, sort of running contrary. You'd, you'd think if uh, the potential would be there for um, crops to be maybe less than expected, you would think that prices would be uh, higher, but it's actually completely the uh, reverse of that. Yeah, and and I think some of that is just shows how strong the markets were before, you know, about a week ago. Um, some areas throughout, you know, the Midwest and our big corn and soybean growing regions, they've, they've been getting some rain and there is some forecasted rain upcoming. So I think it's just kind of, in some ways, the weather is a, is a reason for the market to correct itself a little bit more than anything. And these corn and soybean markets are always so speculative in the growing season too, just because you are kind of following the weather so much. So uh, depending on what forecasting model you look at you might you might feel differently about how our crops are going to look throughout the country but you know still even after all the big losses we've had i think in the past three or four trading days uh they've all been big losses for corn and beans in the 20s and 30 cent range uh so it's been it's been big drops but we're still looking at out of chicago i didn't i wasn't able to look at howard lake's prices today but out of Chicago this morning, corn was trading at about 6.53 and about 5.69 in December. So if we go back a year, we're we're still plenty happy with where we're sitting with our corn prices and beans as well, sitting at 14.76 in Chicago today and 13.85 in uh, November, I believe, is what they trade soybeans for. Uh, so we're we're still sitting really good with prices. Um, now would be a good time to try to lock some of that in um, if you think you can deliver. At this point, we're starting to worry about if farmers can maybe fulfill all those contracts. If it stays dry, we might not have the grain uh, to deliver. So some tricky situations for farmers to consider right now, uh, but things are still looking pretty decently just from a pure price standpoint. There hasn't been any talk that you have heard of uh, anybody just plowing it up yet, is it? Uh, it's a little early for getting that extreme yet. Yeah, we don't really have much dying. We might have see some little pockets in fields where things are kind of dying off at this point, but for the most part, uh, we're not we're not losing our crop yet. We're just kind of probably losing a little bit of yield, and we're we're falling behind a little bit. But uh, no, I don't think we're going to see the plow anytime soon. Even if it gets to a point where a field's kind of a loss, until you have a plan on what to do with that field next, I wouldn't really suggest that a farmer spends his time just ripping through the field with a plow anyways. We're talking with Adam Austin, U of M Extension Ag Educator with the uh, Wright County office, and uh, also with us, uh, Kylie Sherrod, who's a uh, senior at Iowa State University and an intern with Wright County Extension here this summer. 
Um, let's talk a little bit, Adam. You have um, some information out just today about the Wright County Farm Family of the Year, and I think uh, you mentioned that they were just honored just today, as a matter of fact. Yeah, yesterday I uh, sent uh, something out to you and some of the local papers, and then today we were at the county board meeting uh, to talk about our Farm Family of the Year, which is uh, Kurt and Judy Spike right in the town of Buffalo here, and along with the rest of their family, their couple of sons and a few grandkids, all working together on a farm to raise some beef and some pork that they sell locally. Um, so it's been good to get to know Kurt and Judy and know their farm a little bit, and they, I think they're doing a really good job of representing our, our county farms. It's always an honor, and, you know, this is a, a yearly award, but uh, even so, um, you know, it takes a lot. Uh, there is a lot of um, investigation as far as uh, the uh, kinds of activities that the family is involved in, and it's it's more than just the, the agricultural portion. It's really, a, you know, being stand-up members of the community and involved in other things, too. Yeah, that's definitely a big part of it. Um, obviously, number one is you got a good family working together with a farm, but after that, we're really looking at what's your contribution to the community? Um, how do you, how does your farm kind of represent uh, the good things that we're looking for in Wright County Farms? And and the spikes just fit it perfectly. They they got three generations working on the farm. Uh, they're a smaller farm that's that's doing their best to make it work in kind of a difficult situation, and uh, they're they're more than they're more than a good fit for what we're looking for. Um, maybe we can get Kylie involved, too. I don't know if you uh, were able to attend or, or talk with the uh, Spikes at all. Maybe you know them for all I know, Kylie. I actually do not know them personally. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> but today I did have the chance to speak with Judy and them, and they were actually telling me how they were actually going to Iowa State today after the meeting because their granddaughter Lily will be attending Iowa State. So I was just kind of hooking them up a little bit on, you know, the little things that they should know about Iowa State. And I think it'll be good for her to go down there and learn about agriculture down there as that's what she's planning on doing. Nice little connection there. Nice. It's uh, always nice to uh, to know somebody uh, on the location itself so you have a uh, little insight into what goes on. Mm-hmm. Great. Uh, and Adam, the um, the spikes uh, will be honored. How now? What uh, what do they get? Is there a plaque? I know that they're honored at the county fair too, right? Yep. So this was kind of round one of three today at the county board meeting. Uh, round two will be at the county fair on that Friday afternoon at about one. I think they have the senior program every every year at the fair, and then we always will honor the family at that point. Uh, and then round three is kind of the the statewide organization part of this farm family program where they actually honor all the families down at Farm Fest down by Redwood Falls. So they get a few chances to really kind of show themselves and their families off. And uh, it's it's fun to really to work with these families and, and give them their different chances to get recognized. Yeah, it's really nice to, uh, as you say, get an opportunity um, you know, not that any farm family in the area is really looking for a pat on the back, but on the other hand, it's, I'm sure, really nice to to get a little recognition once in a while, too, uh, if you're, you know, out there giving it your all every day. 
Yeah, I think you're right that a lot of families don't necessarily go through their day-to-day thinking, uh, wow, I think I really deserve the Farm Family of the Year Award. But there are so many farms out there in the area that deserve it. Um, and, and choosing just one is kind of a, a yearly struggle for our, our committee that selects the family. So it's a, it's a challenge, but it's a fun challenge. And let's close uh, today maybe with a little preview of the county fair. Uh, I'm not sure how much time you'll spend there, Adam or Kylie, um, but uh, by the next time we talk, it'll be not too far away. Yeah, next time we talk, it'll be, it'll be if not happening, it'll be right before. So it'll be, uh, it'll be a good fair. I think everybody's excited to get back um, pretty much in Kylie's backyard a little bit. We're right across town. I'm not exactly sure where she lives in Howard Lake, but... Uh, we will have the Master Gardeners booth there uh, for any questions you have about what's going on in your yard. Uh, 4-H, of course, will be busy as always, and I'm sure Kylie will be helping them out a little bit with some shows and stuff like that. So, yeah, we're excited to get to the fair and uh, feel, uh, feel like we're doing something normal again. Kylie, you had to, I'm sure, I'm just guessing, but I'm sure you must have uh, spent quite a number of hours over the years at the county fair. Yeah, so I was involved in FFA in high school, so I was able to do a little barn that the FFA has there where we were able to talk to fairgoers about all the animals that we had and any crops and all the little displays. Um, I remember one year we were even making butter with kids that were attending the fair. So over the course of the years, yes, I've spent some time at the fair. It's always a highlight of the summer to be there. Great. Well, I'm sure that uh, you're looking forward to to uh, spending some time at the fair uh, through your internship here with the uh, U of M Extension Office in Wright County. Adam, uh, give you a chance to close up here today. Any other reminders that we need to know before the next time we speak? Uh, nothing too important for today. Uh, just for the farmers, I hope uh, things are are going well and we're going get to the, get the rain that we need here pretty soon. So. Um, anybody that needs to get in touch with me, has questions about the drought, has questions about anything that's going on, uh, give me a call. My cell phone number is 320-249-5929, or if you like the email, that's fine too. Uh, that's A. Austing, so A-A-U-S-T-I-N-G at U-M-N dot E-D-U. Very good. And uh, Kylie, we look forward to uh, talking with you again. Maybe we'll run into you at the fair. And uh, best of luck to you the rest of uh, this summer with work with the extension and uh, as you get back to school again next fall. Sounds good. Thank you very much. All right. So we, we appreciate always visiting with you. And uh, we're going to open back up here in July, uh, Adam, to in-studio guests. So we may kind of kind of ease back into it, but uh, maybe the next time uh, you can be out in person, so that would be great. Sounds like a great idea. Okay, thanks very much. Adam Austing, our University of Minnesota Extension educator in Wright County, and the special guest today, Kylie Sherrod, an intern from uh, Howard Lake Waverly Winstead area, uh, senior at Iowa State University, interning with the U of M Extension Service for the summer. That concludes part one of our spotlight here for you for today on KRWC.